Amen. I want him to come tonight, whatever's on his heart. Praise God. Come, talk to us tonight. Praise God. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. You can be seated. I, uh, I first off have to say a humongous thank you to this church and uh, your sacrificial giving and not only your finances but your your labor of love as well and I appreciate that very much each and every one of you that came down and spent a long time I was exhausted when we got done working and uh, everything Everything is looking so nice, and uh, I can't wait till the fellowship hall's done. And uh, we we had we had our Thanksgiving dinner in there, and there was so much more room in there than what we've been having. And uh, again, a huge thank you to each and every one of you men that came. I truly appreciate that very very much, and all the efforts that you put in. Amen. And Bishop, thank you so much for for coming as well and uh, also allowing these folks to come. Amen. We, we counted a true blessing and honor. The men have talked about how much work we have actually, we actually accomplished in those two days and I can only imagine how many weekends I would have to spend to get it to where we're at today. And so I appreciate that very much. Amen. You guys are wonderful and I, I'm so thankful I'm a part of a wonderful church family like this. And uh, that I can come home every once in a while and, and see smiling faces and you guys make me feel like I never left. Amen. And I appreciate it. Praise God. Amen. Well, I've been thinking about this all day. <coughs> and uh, I've had a, a couple of things just running back and forth in my mind. And I don't know if I end up preaching, but I, I do know I got a burden on my heart, especially during this service. And while I was praying earlier tonight, and my mind goes to a passage of scripture that Jesus came off of the Mount Transfiguration, him and Peter, James and John, they were there, they encountered extraordinary things there on the mountain. Peter was ecstatic about what he saw, and like Peter always did, he, he had something to say about it, and uh, they finished that, and they came back down off the mountain, and Jesus began to minister there, and we find after they came off the mountain, a, a man that approached the disciples and asked them to pray for his son because he was tormented by a demon. And the Bible says that they couldn't do it. And they came to Jesus, brought the father and brought the, the, the boy that was tormented and began to talk to Jesus. And Jesus said, if you just believe, 
And the man looked at Jesus and he said something. He said, Lord, I believe. But help mine unbelief. Now, my thoughts are this. What can better help unbelief than an unanswered prayer? Maybe that was Jesus' mentality. I don't know. But Jesus' response was, he healed that boy. He delivered that child. And he went away completely different. And you know, one of the things that bothers my mind and bothers me when I pray is sometimes I don't have the ultimate faith to say, God, I know you can take care of all of this for me. Well, maybe I'm the only one. But but then I had, it's amazing what pastoring does to you. You have to answer other people's questions. And, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> that works for me too. <clears throat> and, and I had somebody say, Pastor, I don't think I have the faith that God will help me. Anybody ever felt that way before? I can promise you God wants to help you. I mean, the scripture's full of passages. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you to the ends of the earth. He said, take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy. And my yoke is light. Hmm. Now do we say, serve the same Jesus of the New Testament? And so I answered the man. I said, well, you know, you ever had anybody ask you how do you eat an elephant? Just one bite at a time. He goes, he looked at me like I was, I was dumb or something. What's that having to do with faith? I said, it's pretty simple in my mind. It had to have been a God thing at the moment, but I just said, what's the smallest thing in your life right now that you need help with? What is it? Because this, this individual was, was dealing with, 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 Addiction. And they said, oh, I don't believe God can deliver me from this. Okay? And I said, what, what is the smallest thing that you can think of that God can do for you that you can ask him right now? And I didn't leave that day until he asked the Lord. Maybe I'm, I was being too forceful, but I wanted him to realize God can do it. And he prayed. I don't remember what it was. I'm sitting here trying to figure it out, but it doesn't really matter. Because what I know is I came back two days later, and he said, hey, Pastor, you remember what we prayed about the other day? He said, somebody showed up at my house with that very thing that I asked God for. 
Now, he's still struggling with other stuff. But God answered a prayer. He said, you know what? I'm going to ask the Lord. I need a car. And you know what happened? It was within a week. God provided him a vehicle. A way of transportation. God provided him finances. It wasn't a steady job. He said, I, I, need, I need income. God provided him a way to make money. And he began to pray. And he began to pray. Can I tell you it's been three years since that man's been on meth? I know I'm going slow, but I just want you to understand. My God is able to answer prayers. I feel a Holy Ghost right now. I dare say that I'm in a house right now. Somebody's been praying some prayers. And you've been asking God, God, I need an answer. I want to know that you've been listening to my voice. And God stepped into this. Brother Nelson said it a while ago. Ain't God all right? Honey, I can tell you right now, I stand before you, Brother Hall. I can tell you right now, I don't have a doubt in the world that if I ask God for something, he's already heard me. He's already performed the work. He's given me the answer. Amen. I've just got to be able to have enough faith to say, God, whenever and whatever it is, I know you have answered me. I'm going to step out on a little limb here because I, I, I so Elder Goff, Elder Goff, Elder Jonathan Goff was with us this morning and we went to lunch. We got to talking and we started talking about the demoniac of Gadara. And I've preached that here. I've preached it at home. I'm simple enough to believe this, that somebody was praying for that man. I don't have Bible proof to say this person prayed for this guy. But somebody had him on their mind. Maybe it was just God. I don't know. But I know one thing. Jesus got on a boat. He went through a storm. He got to the other side, and there was one thing he did. I'm sorry. I'm simple-minded when it comes to thinking about how things played out in the Scripture. And when it comes to this one, he had one purpose in mind. 
he got to the shores of Gadara. And when he stepped foot on that shore, here comes a man running down to the beaches of Gadara. And he falls on his face. And he worshiped Jesus. It didn't take long for them demons to say, hey, this ain't going to happen. And they rose up. We know the story. If you don't, he rose up. The, the demons rose up, said we are legion. And they called Jesus by name. They know who he was. They had a revelation of who Jesus was. They didn't say, hey, he, here's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. No. They called him Jesus. Don't torment us before our time. Now you realize, this is a whole side note, so you just take it for free and, and go from there, but just think about this. How do we wash away our sins? What is the, what is the act? It's baptism in Jesus' name. What does that involve? water now Jesus they said don't torment us before our time the enemy does not like the water because when you go down in Jesus name and you come out of the water I mean even go back to the Old Testament they had to go wash in the lake before they could step into the glory of God it's just the process. That means when you go through the water, the demons have no authority over you anymore. And so they beg Jesus, just send us to the swine. You know, it's, I, I, I've heard that pigs are the dumbest animal out there, but those pigs were pretty smart because as soon as they were possessed, they went running off the cliff into the water. Those demons met their demise. But Jesus had a purpose to get to and accomplish in Gadara. He had one man to reach. Somebody had him on his mind, on their mind, whatever the case may be. And before long, Jesus used a demoniac that was running naked in the tombs, cutting himself, screaming and hollering, took that man, clothed him, and put him in his right mind. And when Jesus came, when he, when he begged Jesus, let me go with you, Jesus said, no, sir, I got more plans for you. You need to go back home, and you need to tell everybody what happened to you. Somebody was concerned about this man. Maybe it's just you praying for your own need. That's fine. Because I read about a woman who had a problem. 
And she said, I got to reach Jesus no matter what it takes. Maybe. Now, I could go into all of the logistics, but you got to understand, anybody that that woman touched in that crowd became unclean. She contaminated a whole crowd of people just by crawling through the crowd. But she reached a place. She said, I don't care what happens around me or to anybody else. I have a reason to get to Jesus. And if I've got to touch everybody in this crowd, I've got to get to him. She went to her hands and knees at some point in time and began to crawl through the crowd. And she got to Jesus and she reached up and she touched the hem of his garment and immediately. Now everybody else she touched became unclean. But when she touched Jesus, no sir, she became the clean one. Immediately virtue went out from him. And he stopped and he said, who was it that touched me? Who was it that touched me? There was somebody here with a purpose. There was somebody here that came with an intention to touch Jesus. And she made it. Now those people could say, we're unclean. I know that woman with that problem just touched me. Show me the proof. Come on now. I'm going somewhere. Just ride with me for just a second longer. Show me the proof. She touched Jesus. Immediately her fountain drew up, uh, dried up. And she was clean. Many years she had suffered. Many years she had to be separated from the one she loved. Many years she had to suffer anguish. No doubt weakness and pain. But one day she heard that the healer was coming by her way. And she didn't care what it was she had to do to get to Jesus. If it took every ounce of her strength, she was going to press through until she touched his robe. Now, there are many different things that we could, we could talk. There are healings after healings. There are prayers after prayers. But when we call on the name of the Lord, Jesus said, if you ask some things in my name, Sometimes when you ask things in my name, I hope you're picking up what I'm laying down right now. Every once in a while when I ask something in Jesus' name, no, he said, anything that you ask the Father in my name, 
Now, who said this? Do you believe that Jesus speaks the truth? Brother Nelson, do you believe that Jesus speaks the truth when he's talking about anything that Brother Josh asked? That's easy. But Brother Nelson, do you believe that Jesus is still speaking the truth when he says whatever John Nelson asks? Bishop, if I'm out of line, you can stop me anytime. But I want you to understand something. When Jesus says something, we're talking about the creator of all things. Who when said, let there be, there was. You say, well, I've been praying for this a long time. My God's ear is not deaf that he cannot hear. His arm is not short. Come on now. Brother Jaheem, you need something from God? You believe he'll do it for you? I'm trying to let it sink in tonight, folks. I need some things from God. Well, what I was about to say, Bishop, if I'm wrong in this, I'm sick and tired of hearing people say, I don't want to be selfish. When I ask the Lord for things. I understand your spirit. I understand that. Don't take me wrong. But honey, how can your faith grow if he can't answer prayers for you? If you're not willing to pray for yourself. Just ask him, Lord. Now, you go ask him for a Mercedes-Benz. You have not because you ask a miss. It's that simple. I'm not talking about those kind of prayers, folks. But let me tell you something. I found myself in some places where, man, I'm stressed out. I can't think for myself. And I just find me a place to pray and say, God, I just need your peace today. Well, he gives that automatically. You know what? Sometimes I wonder if I put myself in bad positions and I can't find the peace he offers me. And so I have to ask him, Lord, will you, will you give me peace? I need a little extra today. I need a little grace today. You say, well, that's a simple prayer. Well, yeah, it is. But let me tell you something. That's a prayer that I need on a regular basis. But let me tell you something. I got some folks I've been working with, 
Been in that been in, in Lacing for seven years. I'm praying for him. I want to see him saved. You know what I do? You know, I'm simple, folks, so just gonna have to live with that. I just ask God, let me see him today. Just let me run into him today. Just let me shake their hand. Let them know I'm still here and that I love them. And if I get an opportunity, the, the atmosphere's right, I'll let them know, hey, I'm, I'm still praying for you. You ever need anything, you know where to get me. There's so much that God wants to do. But we box him in. We can believe it for other churches. I'm excited when other people report, man, we baptized 15 this week. I saw that in the last couple of weeks. I'm excited for them. I felt that one. I said, well, that, that can't have been real. Let me tell you, don't question God. He filled 3,000 on the first day of Pentecost. And guess what? I don't know how many days later it was, but he filled another 5,000 with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, and the church began to grow and to grow and to grow and to grow. And they had to begin to put organization around it because they needed to be able to teach the people that were coming in. Look, I believe that's the will of God for the church today as well. I'm going to say it right here in Olathe, Kansas. God wants to do that kind of thing. But we say, man, we, we, don't, we don't know if we can handle that many folks. Let me tell you, my God can handle that many people. My God can send waves of glory through this place. God can give you the grace that you need to help bring up disciples. God's able to do it. And I, I don't know who's listening online tonight, but I this point, I, I just want you to know, again, I'm just going to qualify, I'm simple. When I do things, I do them the simple way. I got to a place where I wanted a, somebody that would pray in the church, out loud. They call them prayer warriors. While I was preaching. I don't mind somebody breaking out and some praying while I'm preaching. They can help us press on through some strongholds. And I started praying and asking God, God, send a prayer warrior. And she's sickly right now, but I can tell you, we call her Grandma. Grandma Kim. She's a Korean lady. That woman knows how to pray. And when she begins to pray, 
I know I just got to rear back and preach some more. It was within a week's time that they showed up in our church. It was an Easter Sunday. God answered a prayer. I started praying. Scripture tells us that we need to pray the Lord of the harvest. Send laborers into the field. Now I had a what I thought a laborer was in my mind. And God sent me some more sinners. Guess what? They got the Holy Ghost. And you know what? I got a couple laborers that show up every time I ask them to come and help out. Why? Because I was simple enough just to simply ask, God, I need a laborer in the church. I need a laborer in the church. Look, I'm nothing special, folks. But God answers prayers. I like to wail and I like to cry and I like to talk in tongues a lot. I love to speak and I love to pray in the Holy Ghost as, the, as much as the best of you. But brother self, some days I just got to find me a spot and sit in a corner somewhere and just talk man to man with Jesus. Just let him know, hey, hey God, this is where I'm at. And I know you already know I'm here. But you know this situation, and I I need you to help us. Because God, I don't know if I have enough faith to step in and deal with that myself. God, I need your strength. And I need your grace. Because God, I feel the glory trying to come on through. I feel it in this house tonight. Come on, somebody. You you need to get a hold of what I'm talking about right now. Now, let me tell you. You ever told your kids to go to bed at night? All you parents already know what I'm talking about. I better be good. He's going to be mad at me. But I can tell my children to go to bed, and I'm still telling them to go to bed an hour later. Can I get an amen? Do you know what? The enemy acts just like that. Believe it or not, Brother Hall, when I start praying and asking God for things, sometimes... I've seen things get worse for a little while. And the best way I know how to describe it is one of the little kids ran over in the corner and he's making a ruckus, doing something he knows he doesn't need to be doing right now. But you know what happened? It got my focus off of what I'm supposed to be doing, getting them to bed. And I'm over here cleaning up their mess. And I'm distracted from the task at hand. 
All I'm trying to do is, folks, a word to the wise is sufficient. When you start praying, don't get surprised that all of a sudden things start unraveling in your life. The one thing you need to hold to as tight as you can is you need to get a hold of faith. And I'm not letting you go. I don't care how unraveled my life becomes. I'm holding on until I get the answer I asked for. You parents, you get so uptight with your children when they don't go to bed. You can ask my son. Finally, he, he goes, I need some water. No, go to bed. I want some food. No, go to bed. I want to, I want to go do this. No, go to bed. You know what? I'm here to tell hell. Get there behind me, Satan. You don't belong here. Jesus said, if I ask it, believing, it shall be done. I've probably heard this before, but Elder Goff said it this morning. He said, you know what shall mean? Show enough done. No question. He said, ask him. First off, if you haven't asked, you need to start asking because you have not because you ask not. But next... If you ask anything in my name, believing, my Father in heaven will answer that prayer. There's no question. Now, I hope, Brother Self, that everybody's faith is lifted to the sky tonight before we're done. I'm going to walk down memory lane until I feel like I need to stop, but I want you to think about some things with me. I'm going to reach way back. You guys have probably already talked about this recently. I don't know. I haven't. I've been too busy to listen to every service, so I, I apologize. But I just want you to know that dead have been raised in this building. Well, it's happened. Did God change in the last several years? I've seen eyes open in this sanctuary. Can I get a witness? Did he change? I've seen the deaf praying for one another. Receive the Holy Ghost. Evidenced in audible tongues. In this sanctuary. I've seen it.
You riding with me tonight? This isn't as, as wonderful as that, but this is personal to me. <clears throat> I shopped for trucks for months. And every time I walked in to sign papers, the price changed by five to $8,000 that I wasn't expecting. And I walked out, Brother Josh, on three different trucks. And I just threw my hands up and said, all right, God, it must not be your will for me to have a truck. I'm just going to drive this little Ford Escort around the rest of my life. And the night before my wedding rehearsal, my father-in-law, he said, maybe I shouldn't tell you. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you already got my, my curiosity. He said, you're not going to sleep if I tell you. I'm not going to tell you. He did that to me all the way out the front door. <laughs> yeah. And just as I was about to head over to mom and dad's house, I don't know why I was going there. I didn't live there at the time. But I was heading over to mom and dad's house. And he goes, well, somebody in the truck, somebody in the church is coming tomorrow to drop off the title and keys to a pickup truck. So guess what? I'm simple, remember? Guess what I'm thinking in my mind? Oh, I'm going to get somebody's old beat-up S10 or something like that. I'm like, great. It's a truck that I didn't have. So me and the groomsmen, we got in my car Friday afternoon. We drove over and picked up our tuxes over at the old Metcalf South Mall, which is no longer there. Came back, sitting in the parking lot of this church is a big old F-350, eight-foot bed, four-door with, with uh, captain chairs in front and back, dually, 7-3, sitting in the front. And I looked at the guys, I said, Bishop must be having an evangelist this weekend. I did, I told him that. And we walked in the front door and the bishop said, hey, did you see your truck out there? I'm still thinking, I'm looking for an S10 outside with the rust and the, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I said, what truck are you talking about? And he said, that one right behind you. And I turned around, looked out those doors, and he handed me the keys and the title that night. A truck worth at that time, I think it was $35,000, $38,000. God gave it to me. I didn't deserve it. But God provided. He answered a prayer. I did. I, I just kept asking God, God, I want a truck. Maybe that's not. You said, well, you said not to pray for Mercedes Benz. Well, I did construction for a living, folks. Carrying concrete tools in the back of a Ford Escort's not fun. I wanted a truck so I could do my job better. I thought. I never took it on the job site. <clears throat> no, I did actually. Then, maybe I should have started with this one. I remember as a nine-year-old boy, and I, I, I don't want to take too much longer, 
I remember as a nine-year-old boy, Pastor Riggett came in April 96, and I didn't have the Holy Ghost yet when they came, but at the time of this incident, I did because I got the Holy Ghost at camp that year. Oh, by the way, that's another miracle because this boy wanted to run the aisles. And if you know anything about Miltonville camp, junior camp, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, honey, you're not running the aisles. And I was mad because my mom was a counselor that year, and I knew I could pull some strings, and she let me run the aisles. And I went out there, and mom said, no, son, if you get in the aisles without getting the Holy Ghost first, you're going to be in trouble. Mom said I was going to get in trouble, but typically meant that's about as good as God shall. <clears throat> that was Monday night. Tuesday night, the preacher finished. I have no idea what the preacher preached. I had one thing on my mind. I got to get the Holy Ghost tonight. And you know what? I walked to the front of that place. Five or six of my buddies all linked up, and we started praying. And next thing I knew, I was sitting on the altar talking in tongues. Guess what happened? The preacher got up, and he said, hey, we had some people get the Holy Ghost tonight. And he said, I want you to stand. And guess what? I jumped up, and I, I made sure I found Mom and let her know I got the Holy Ghost tonight. And guess what? Everybody got excited and everybody took off running the aisles. Guess who was in the midst of those people running the aisles? This boy was running the aisles because I got the Holy Ghost. I came with an expectation. That was an answer prayer. A few months later, we've been dealing with my sister. Man, I get so mad at her. She get out of so many whippings. We'd get to getting in trouble, and all of a sudden, she went to having a seizure. And guess what? She didn't get spanking. I told, I, I had stuck it in my mind. She's faking. I don't care what the doctor says. Hey, I was nine years old, all right? But I'll never forget, Elder Robert Davis was preaching. Something kind of along what I'm talking about tonight. He said, if you can come around the front of this church, even if you got just a little bit of faith, make a move, and God will answer your prayer. I don't remember where I was, but if, I, if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter really all these details, but if I, in my my remembrance, this, this platform was a half circle. And my mom came right here. And I was over there somewhere. And the preachers prayed for my mom and my, my sister. Those of you that didn't know, she had epilepsy. Diagnosed, was on medication for it. My mom brought her down in response to the preached word of God that night. 
And she said, God, whatever it is, you can do it. I know it. And in that moment, I believe God honored her faith. Because we woke up the next morning, there wasn't no lightning, no thunder, no, no dancing, no, 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 no dramatic things going on when it all went down. But, but something happened in that moment. So faith met a prayer answering God. And the next morning, I just told this story to my church, I don't know how many weeks ago, just a month or so ago I think it was. And, and I told them, I said, you know, we woke up, I remember, I was, going to, I was going to elementary school right behind the house, and every morning, it was our, our morning ritual, our morning routine, whatever you want to call it. We got up, we, we showered, we, 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 we got our teeth done, and we, we got downstairs, and we had to be in the, at the breakfast table by 8.15, if I remember right, somewhere in that range. And if you weren't there, we knew you were going to be late for school. And I had to be leaving with my sister because I had to take her to her class before I went to my class to make sure she made it to class. And sometimes I had to take the medication to the nurse. That morning we were getting ready. Me and Becca sitting there at the table. And I'm shoveling in whatever cereal I was eating. It was cereal, I do know that much. And I'm cramming it in. Getting ready to go. And mom goes to the sink, pulls down the bottle, and she starts portioning out her, her medication. Maybe If I get this wrong, let me know. But it wasn't mom's faith at that moment at work. But my little sister, how old was she? Seven? Five? She looked up at my mom and she said, Mom, the preacher prayed for me last night. I don't need those no more. It was that moment you went and dumped them in the drain. Got rid of those things. She's not had any medications to that effect to this day. By the way, she's also an accountant. God can take a situation. Regardless of what your situation may look like in the moment. If you can pray. And you can believe. Something happened to that father who brought his son to Jesus. He said, if you can just believe. He didn't say you had to have but he said, if you can just believe. And something happened. His belief met his miracle. And in that instant, the answer came. Right at that moment. The, en the enemy's idea is, hey, he won't do it for you. I'm here to tell you he will do it for you. He'll do it for you. You know why? Because he gets glory from it. And when you're able to get up and you're able to go tell somebody else, let me tell you what God did for me.
And guess what? They may need a miracle. And Brother Hall, you get to bring them to an altar. And after you've been telling them, I just had faith. Yeah. And God answered a prayer for you. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens? We go out. Yeah. And we're spreading faith. Oh, hallelujah. And it begins to become contagious. Thank you, brother. I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to call it quits. I did not mean to take this long, and I'm sorry. But I need somebody to get a hold of something in the next few minutes. People are driven by what they can touch and what they feel. You don't believe me? Go back and look at some of the footage of that campus. Can't remember the name of it. The uh, the whole the revival that just went on about a year ago, Asbury revival. Some folks say, well, none of that was real. I submit to you, I think possibly some folks got some real touches from God because God responds to faith. I'm not going to get into the logistics of all that and and the theology of all that, but I want you to understand people swarmed to that campus. You know why? Because they had to see it for themselves. I, I don't know if I, I think I told you. One time I was up here preaching. And I got to preaching with everything I had. And I reared back. I had been listening to Elder Davis's message. And he said... There's going to be a day when people are asking, what's going on in Olathe? And they're going to come swarming in by the thousands, he said. Does anybody believe that tonight? Can you, oh my God, help me. One night I was up here, I don't know if it was just testimony or what it was, but I was up here talking about how I believe God is going to, God is opening the, the windows of heaven upon this, this assembly. And I was, I was standing right here, and I began to go back and forth, and I'm, I'm, I'm put, pointing my finger, and I, I'm hollering and screaming, God is going to do something. And I said the words that there are going to be people wondering what's happening at that church in Olathe. And as soon as I did it, I envisioned Elder Davis standing right here beside me, pointing his finger at this church, saying, they're going to be asking what is going on in Olathe. Let me tell you, church, there is no sense in us allowing ourselves to be caught up In the distractions of this life, God has prophesied time and time and time again. 
It's not unreasonable for us to think thousands of souls will begin to flow through the doors of the true church of Olathe. Oh, God. I feel there is so much that God wants to do, church. We've got to open up the box of our faith and say, whatever it is, God, I want you to use me to do it. Even if it means one prayer at a time, God, one family member at a time, God, for just a little while. But before long, we're going to be seeing God begin to work in the lives of those around us. And we're going to look around and say, my goodness, this is what Elder Davis was talking about. This is what the elder was saying back a long time ago. This is what was prophesied. Because we're special, no. Because we learn how to operate in faith. Huh. One, of those, one of those lessons that he was teaching or preaching, whatever you want to call it, he simply said this. He said, I've had people ask me time and time again, Bishop, uh, Elder, how in the world do you pray through every person that you pray with? You know what he said? He said, when I walk towards him, I see it. I was listening to that in my office that I used to have at the church in Lacine. And I said, God, if the elder can operate that way, you're the same God. And I'm nothing, but God used me in that fashion. Look, I want to be humble in my, in, in my presentation. But I feel like Elisha. I'm sick and tired of having to look back, Brother Hilton, and say, my goodness, the elders talked about this happening and this happening. No, sir. Mm. It's going to happen in my lifetime. And God, whatever I've got to do, if I've got to change how I operate, that's what I've got to do. I want to see your glory like they saw your glory. But God, I don't want just what they had. I want a double portion of what they had. this up somehow I don't want this to be taken wrong I don't want it to be taken in arrogance I just want you to understand since I prayed those prayers I've asked him over and over God let me see it like that let me operate in the Holy Ghost like that
the first time it ever happened to me. We had a visiting preacher. And I'm telling you what, God showed me a man in our church coming through the back door and God completely healing him of the sickness that was in his body. And within moments, he walked through the back door and God healed him of all the sickness that was in his body. Before it was dead, said and done, no hands were laid upon him. He was rolling in the floor, talking in tongues. I'm just trying to help build your faith. I'm nothing, folks. I'm nobody. Not at all. But I want you to know God can do it. And he can use nobodies like me. And he can use people like you who are much more skilled and, and have, much more, have much more experience in this thing. But I want you to understand, my God wants to use the church in these aspects. God wants to use the church in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. I don't know. I'm not feeling the draw. Amen. But I, I, I'm out of you saying, God, I want it tonight. Somebody get hungry. God, I want your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can tell you there's other times, Brother Nelson, I've walked in the church, and I walk down, and I'm praying with folks, just walking through, doing praying like a preacher should with other folks, and all of a sudden I feel the unction, and God points my, my attention in a direction, and I saw a man bent over the altar and praying and crying out to God, and I saw him up with his hands lifted, and he was talking in tongues. I got up, and I went and prayed with him, and he stood up. He put his hands in the air. And he began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. It wasn't because of me, but because there were some hungry people. And God wants you to see what he's doing in our midst. God, help me to operate in your spirit. God, take me to that place in the Holy Ghost that you need me to be. <laughs> oh, my God.